Get ready for a one-of-a-kind experience. Welcome, welcome to the Starter Zone, your home for the weekly news from around the world. Your host for this journey, Amanda. You didn't see anything. She's going to bring you everything you need to hear about entertainment, gaming, and maybe just a little bit bizarre. Hold tight, because here she comes. Oh, thank you, Raven, for that warm, warm welcome. Hello there, my friends, and good day to you all. Welcome back to the Starter Zone. I am your guide, Amanda, and it is time to bring you the headlines from all of the entertainment news sources. Today is August the 18th. Let's take a look at the headlines we will be visiting. HBO Max rebranded and lost some customers. Riot fans are toxic. Pokemon Pros got disqualified. More Disney disappointment and more. It's time to get comfy, my friends. Let's get started. This year, Warner Brothers Discovery unveiled HBO Max's rebranding to just Max. And the change saw HBO Max merging with Discovery Plus, although the latter is still available at a more affordable option. Now, the unification of these streaming services for Max saw HBO's content mixed together with shows from like Food Network, TLC, etc. Now, the switch from HBO Max to Max has led to 1.8 million subscribers ditching the streaming service completely. But it kind of seems that Warner Brothers Discovery believed this was bound to happen, since people would just gravitate to the cheaper Discovery Plus subscription. I mean, I believe it. I personally like Discovery. Well, I ain't paying no 50 cents for no Coke. <laughs> nah, no worries. Didn't ask you to. Well, Deadline's reporting that Max now has 890 5.8 million subscribers, I believe it said, with the revenue actually increasing for Warner Brother Discovery streaming unit overall by 14% year over year. And it's now thought the company could actually turn a profit on streaming by the end of the year, where they previously had a target of 2025. Now keep in mind, that part of this success is coming from cuts in spending as well as licensing content to other services like HBO shows are also now appearing on Netflix. Now, Max did experience some launch day issues back in May, although those seemingly have been smoothed out since then. And this month, Max is getting the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. They're getting Spaceballs and the Naked Gun trilogy. Nothing to see here, please. This does kind of make you wonder if things are truly okay going on behind the scenes. Online communities can be some of the nicest and most wholesome places to be, but they can also be pretty toxic. And honestly, gaming communities can just be some of the worst. Especially among player versus player or PvP gamers, the League of Legends group is considered to be the worst of the worst. And honestly, death threats are never funny. League of Legends pro player Lee Faker Sang-hyuk 
is an international star. He's so well known and absolutely respected in the gaming world. Give it up for Faker! I mean, listen to that crowd. That is incredible. Faker signed with SKTT1, or just T1 for short, back in 2013, where he took on the role of the mid laner in the League of Legends game. And because of his technical skill and his determination, he became a household name among the fans who follow League of Legends esports scene. SKTT1 has won 10 LCK championships, three world championships, and Faker has been named the MVP in multiple tournaments. Now, notably, SKT1's match against DRX during last year's League of Legends World Championship garnered over 5 million views. Now, back on August the 10th, SKT faced off against the number one seeded team, KT Rolster, in the upper bracket semifinals. SKT came out victorious, but amid its fans' celebratory posts, there was an anonymous netizen who threatened to hurt Faker. In a post on the South Korean online forum DC Inside, the user said they would break into SKT's dormitory to, quote, hurt him with a scar. So not cool. Seriously, really not cool. So SKT did respond to the threats and assured the fans that it was investigating the matter. Shortly after, police cars were spotted outside of its headquarters, and the LCK also said in a statement that it was tightening security for the duration of the tournament. The threats against Faker came amid recent mass stabbing incidents that are being reported across South Korea. And these have prompted the police to investigate even social media posts where they managed to arrest a couple of netizens who have been posting threats online. Not cool. South Korean authorities have reportedly started tracking the post's IP address to identify and arrest the person who threatened Faker. But... Unfortunately, this is just not the first time it's happened as League of Legends personalities have received many threats in the past. Over on Twitter, many League of Legends fans express their anger towards people who just make unnecessary death threats toward pro players and regular people. Some have also called to protect Baker and his teammates from any danger possible. SKT and KT Rolster will have another match in the upcoming LCK Lower Bracket Finals on August the 19th. Let's get it on! The winner of this match will secure a spot in the grand finals against Gen G. And since the initial death threat against Faker happened after their match versus KT Rolster, it was really important that all of the players were protected before and after the tournament. Even though League of Legends it has really still has that reputation for being a very toxic competitive game. Like people shouldn't resort to sending threats to players regardless if they're pros or not. I'd like to take the opportunity to welcome Pokemon back to the news cycle, and people are actually kind of split about the story. This year's Pokemon World Championship Tournament saw organizers disqualify multiple pros who were using hacked Pokemon teams, which has sparked a debate across the community. All right, using hacked Pokemon is technically against the rules, but players haven't always been caught. However, at this year's tournament in Yokohama, Japan, the rules were seemingly tightened and many players who had traveled across the world were disqualified after they had arrived. So as a result, the community has been debating whether using hacked teams is an acceptable method of saving time or if, against, if it's against the spirit of the monster training game. 
gambling's wrong and so is cheating. So- okay, so that's the robot devil's opinion. And honestly, I kind of actually share this one. Players have used homebrew programs like PK Hex to create specific Pokemon with exact stats. Now, these Pokemon don't have a competitive advantage over any kind of Pokemon you can legitimately find or train. It's literally done as a time saver. The alternative would be to either breed and train Pokemon from whichever game that you own or trade with someone else who's already done the work. This is considered the proper way to play the games, and but it just it requires literally hundreds of hours of gaming and money to own the games themselves. So you're looking at either somebody who's going to plug this in and get it done in minutes and already have the perfect elite team or someone who's ground just grinded away for hours and hours and hours to get those stats and really hope that you get the stats that you want. Brady Smith is one such player who was disqualified from the tournament and he shared his experience on social media. He said, quote, should have gone out and gotten the mons myself. I tried trading for the mons with a reputable trader, but the mons didn't pass. I guess like the weirdest part in all of this is that they waited till the WCS to start upping their game. I wish it was consistent throughout the season, but at least we now have this consistently established, end quote. Now, Rob, Roberto Parente was another disqualified player. Quote, so many effort put into this season for literally nothing. Canceling the Open less than one month before Worlds, this new hack check last minute way is just no sense. We spend money for this. We need respect. You can ask for the respect. You may not get it, though. Because on the flip side, YouTuber Verlicify has, well, somewhat gleefully, collated the posts from the disqualified players in a playlist of videos to highlight the major issue of hacked Pokemon. Verlicify's take against what he sees as cheating is shared by so many others on social media. Well, the Pokemon company has yet to publicly comment on the disqualified players from the tournament. I would say one of the biggest complaints that I would have with this kind of situation is that the tournament officials waited so long to tighten the rules or even just announce that they were doing it. I mean, I guess maybe they were just waiting to see which Pokemon that the trainers showed up with and which ones they tried to use before making the ruling. Hacked Pokemon are not necessarily against the rules to have in a game. It's just against the rules to use them in a tournament. But honestly... Cheating is cheating, and using something that's not been approved by a creator to manipulate an outcome, that's cheating. It doesn't matter the Pokemon didn't have the advantage. You didn't take the time to develop those Pokemon like everybody else did. Social media comments really didn't seem too terribly split. The consensus really came down to, quote, cheaters are angry at being caught and think they should be allowed to, quote, save time, a.k.a. cheat, unquote. There really doesn't seem to be a lot of sympathy out there. There is some, but it's kind of minor. Observe my shocked Pikachu face. Welcome back to yet another Disney story. They have just been so busy lately, right? Although, honestly, is this next story truly a Disney fail or just happens to be connected to Disney? Plans for a remake of the 1937 Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was confirmed back in October of 2016 because, you know, we need more live action remakes, right? 
Well, in June of 2021, actress Rachel Zegler was cast as Snow White with Gal Gadot as the evil queen. All right, pretty cool. The production, though, it's been pretty embroiled in controversy ever since. But the story we're going to talk about today is just going to focus on Rachel herself. The Snow White star has been branded a fake feminist after several videos of her trashing the original cartoon version of the hit movie resurfaced online. And that has sparked outrage from Disney lovers. Exactly what she said. Not only has the 22-year-old admitted that she hated the original 1937 movie, she also described the film's prince as a stalker and branded the storyline weird. And again, I say, Rachel has gone on to promise that her version of Snow White is not going to be saved by the prince and is not going to be dreaming about true love. In one video that was posted to TikTok last week and has since been viewed over 9.4 million times, user by the name of Angie, who goes by the handle at Cozy with Angie, criticized Rachel for failing to acknowledge that women have the right to pursue whatever they want. Angie captioned the post, just because a woman values something different does not make her any less valuable. Some women want a career and not marriage. Some women want a marriage or family and not a job. Some women want both. All are to be heard and seen and valued. Write stories about all women and depict them all as valuable and worthy instead of trying to mold them into one specific image of what you deem worthy. Thank you. The TikTok post began with a clip of Rachel speaking to Variety back in September of 2022 where she clarified what she meant when she said she was bringing a modern edge to the Disney princess character. Rachel said, quote, I just mean it's no longer 1937. She's not going to be saved by the prince. She's not going to be dreaming about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. Kind of sounds a little bit like Miley Cyrus lately. Yeah, that's the one. The video then goes on to cut back to Angie as she shared her thoughts and argued, I could literally write a PhD thesis on the pseudo-feminism that's criticizing Disney princesses. Criticizing Disney princesses is not feminist. Not every woman is a leader. Not every woman wants to be a leader. And not every woman wants or craves power. And that's okay. It is not anti-feminist to want to fall in love, to want to get married, to want to stay home and be a homemaker. None of these things make you less valuable as a person or a woman. Many other people quickly followed in Angie's footsteps and uploaded their own TikTok videos where they questioned comments made by Rachel. Earlier this month, Rachel sparked more fury online when she was filmed on the picket lines among the ongoing SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes. (laughs) 
dressed in a black SAG after t-shirt and speaking to the cameras, she referenced the upcoming Disney remake and said, if I'm going to stand there 18 hours in the dress of an iconic Disney princess, I deserve to be paid every hour that it is streamed online. Rachel's comments were made in regard to residual checks TV and film actors are fighting for from streaming platforms. And this is one of the issues that's currently in the center of the strike. With all of the outrage over Rachel's comments, some Disney fans are calling for her to be replaced in the movie. Although, it was confirmed filming's already wrapped by the time all of this came out. They're blaming Disney for bad casting and almost guaranteeing the film to be a failure before it even gets to the big screen. But we're going to have to wait to find out more when it comes out March 22nd of 2024. Okay, so we got more WWE in Fortnite. Okay, bring it. Throughout the years, Fortnite has successfully collaborated with numerous iconic franchises and even some popular musicians. And these partnerships have played a pretty crucial role in the Battle Royale's growth as they've really paved the way for this game to expand its fan base and reach a pretty wide audience. This new collaboration is not the first time that Fortnite has associated itself with the World Wrestling Entertainment. July 29th of 2022, a bundle featuring the joint record 16-time WWE World Champion John Cena alongside a WWE Championship title and the You Can't See Me emote was added to the multiplayer game. A trustworthy Fortnite content leaker going by the name of Sheena recently revealed on Twitter back on August the 14th that players would soon be able to purchase two new skins for from the in-game item shop. One representing former WWE female champion Becky Lynch and the other Bianca Belair. The skins became available August the 16th. Content creators, though, they got special access to them about 24 hours before then. Oh, this is just too good. Now, of course, this latest revelation didn't come as a surprise for those that follow the official WWE Instagram account. August the 7th, two pictures of Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair were posted to the page, with both of the stars holding a Fortnite harvesting tool. In the photos, Bianca was posing with the party animal slurp, while Big Time Bex was holding the Rainbow Smash pickaxe. It's pretty safe to say that a lot of gamers and pro wrestling fans were pretty excited by the initial rumors, many of them eagerly expressing their anticipation for the new skins. There are a lot of players also conveying their wish for a Roman Reigns Fortnite skin. He's arguably the most popular WWE superstar in recent times. Roman Reigns really can be considered the current face of the company, holding the Universal Championship belt for more than a thousand days. His popularity and his success make him a pretty strong candidate for skin in the game if Epic chooses to extend their WWE collaboration in the future, perhaps even as close as Fortnite's next season. Following the release of its iOS controller app, Netflix has started to roll out a limited beta test to stream its games via your TV. Netflix announced the beta in a blog post that detailed plans to stream to TV screens as well as PC and Mac. 
At this rate, you almost never have to leave your room. You can't just sit here in the dark listening to classical music. I could if you hadn't turned on the lights and shut off the stereo. Well, that sounded like fun. I think he's got a point, Lulu. The beta is currently only available for a small number of Netflix subscribers living in the United Kingdom and Canada and on select TVs with support for more devices to be added on a ongoing basis, they said. Support for streaming via Netflix's website on PCs and Macs it's going to be added in the next few weeks. Streaming to a TV, phones can be used as the controller, and for PC and Macs, just you know, keyboard and mouse for the controller. Now, the aim of this beta is to, quote, test our game streaming technology and controller and to improve the member experience over time, according to Netflix. Following Netflix's proper foray into mobile gaming back in 2021, the company pretty much just stuck to iOS and Android since then, but reports of a big-budget PC game is in the works by Netflix Game Studios, and the company's interest in cloud gaming surfaced late last year. To our knowledge, Netflix has acquired at least six in-house game studios, but they haven't made any development announcements just yet. Well, we're waiting. little bit of a longer enter there because you do not interrupt Lord Vader. A new Ahsoka teaser has dropped and not only did it confirm Hayden Christensen is back as Anakin Skywalker but also seems to reveal that Clone Wars flashbacks will be part of the new Star Wars show. In the footage a very familiar voice can be heard towards the end of the teaser just like this. In this war, you will face more than just droids. As your master, it's my responsibility to prepare you. I won't always be there to look out for you. I could use the help. Pretty excitingly, this is brand new dialogue for Anakin, which finally confirms Christensen's return after Star Wars kind of let it slip in a merchandise description. Plus, the Jedi-turned-Sith Lord was name-dropped twice in a recent trailer for the show which also features a pretty chilling Darth Vader Easter egg. And since Anakin's talking about training Ahsoka in the teaser, it seems this is Clone Wars era dialogue. It's suggesting we're going to see more flashbacks to the time period in the show, but we still haven't actually laid eyes on Anakin's return. So it seems we may have to wait just a little longer to see if Snips and Sky Guy get together again. But the jury is also still out on whether it's going to be Force Ghost Anakin. And if it's going to be, Star Wars fans already have some ideas on how this reunion with Ahsoka should go. Another recently released Ahsoka teaser has shown the former Jedi training Sabine Wren in lightsaber combat. And Sabine is willing, uh, she's wielding Ezra Bridger's lightsaber. Ezra, if you remember, was last seen vanishing into space with Grand Admiral Thrawn. But... We did see in the trailer Imam Esfandi playing Ezra in the live action. And then we also have Lars Mikkelsen's Thrawn is being glimpsed in the trailers. We can only assume at this point they're returning as well. There are things in the universe that are simply and purely evil. A warrior does not seek to understand or to compromise. He seeks only to obliterate them. 
I am Grand Admiral Thrawn, and my return is inevitable. I don't know about you, but I'm not challenging that either. Ahsoka will arrive on Disney Plus in a double season premiere on August the 23rd. All right, everybody, strap in because this one, it's a little complicated and it has opened up a whole can of worms and a lot more debate, too. The story of Michael Orr, the retired NFL star who was supposedly adopted by a wealthy family who lifted him out of poverty, was immortalized in the 2009 blockbuster film The Blind Side. But now Orr, who's 37, alleges that much of that heartwarming tale is a lie, crafted by the family in order to profit off of his name. This is coming from ESPN. In a 14-page petition filed back on August the 14th in Shelby County, Tennessee, Orr alleges that Sean and Leanne Tui never actually adopted him, instead tricking him into ceding his authority to make business deals by making the couple his conservators at age 18. Per ESPN, Orr claims that the Tuies arranged the deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from the Oscar-winning movie, which raked in more than $300 million at the box office. Orr says he received no payment. The ex-NFL star alleges that the conservatorship provided him no familial relationship with the Tuies, despite the family, family, pardon me, continuing to call him their adopted son and use the relationship to promote their foundation and Leanne's work as an author and a motivational speaker. So with this petition, Orr's asking the court to terminate the conservatorship and issue an injunction that's going to stop the Tuies from using his name and his likeness. He's also demanding a full accounting of the money earned by the family using Orr's name and that the Tuies pay him his fair share of profits plus any unspecified compensatory and punitive damages. Okay, that's fair. If they're profiting off of his name and he's not getting anything, I see where he's coming from. Starting at the age of 10, Orr was placed in foster care and he kind of became this teenage sports prodigy and he was introduced to the principal of a private Christian school in this affluent Memphis neighborhood where he started playing football. And just really quickly became one of America's top offensive lineman prospects. He got several college scholarship offers as well. Well, in high school, he frequently stayed over at the homes of his classmates. And the Tuies were one of them. Until Leanne and Sean invited him to move in with them and encouraged him to call him mom and dad. Or went on to become a first round NFL draft pick and a Super Bowl winner with the Baltimore Ravens. Fires Enzo, for the last several years, Orr has publicly voiced disagreements with how the film, which starred Sandra Bullock and Quentin Aaron, how they portrayed him. He said that some NFL decision makers assumed he was mentally slow, he lacked leadership skills because the film made him out to be unintelligent. In an interview with the Daily Memphian, Sean Tui called Orr's allegations insulting. He said, quote, we're devastated and it's upsetting to think we would make money off of any of our children. But we're going to love Michael at 37, just like we loved him at 16. We didn't make any money off of the movie. Well, Michael Lewis, the author of the book, gave us half of his share. 
and everybody in the family got an equal share, including Michael. It was about $14,000 each. He said the family would end the conservatorship if that's what Orr wants. An attorney for Sean and Leanne has also issued a response to Orr's petition against them. The Tui's attorney, Marty Singer, this, he gave out this lengthy statement alleging that Orr had threatened the couple by saying he would, quote, plant a negative story about them in the press unless they paid him $15 million. Now, the attorney went on to dismiss the petition as a pretty ludicrous lawsuit and a cynical attempt to drum up attention in the middle of his latest book tour. He characterized Orr's alleged contentions as a shakedown effort. Orr is currently in the middle of releasing his next book, and there are some allegations that he may be broke, and that's why he's doing this, because he's run through all of his NFL money, and he's currently retired. It is a very wild story. And what bothers me also is that since the story broke and the arguing started and it became public, critics have called for Sandra Bullock to be stripped of her Oscar that she won for the blind side. And they've been demanding for her to make a statement. And that's just honestly, that's just silly. But her co-star, Quentin Aaron, who played Orr in the sports drama, said publicly look there's no need for her to even make a statement because she has nothing to do with the real life lawsuit he said quote to make a statement like that doesn't make any sense sandra bullock didn't have anything to do with the real story that we're reading as of right now she just gave a brilliant performance and that shouldn't be tarnished for something that has nothing to do with her unquote i absolutely agree look i hope that the Tui family and or can come to terms because either way, it's just, it's a really sad story. Families are complicated, man, but I, it's just, it, it is really sad. And especially it's been going on for over 20 years, allegedly. Um, and they did explain, the Tui family did explain why he couldn't be adopted and it had everything apparently to do with his age. So, I mean, if that's true, it looks like they were just trying to do the best for him. But at the same time, I can see where he's coming from. If he feels he's being shorted, any money they may have received then he has every right to ask if there's anything that's not accounted for so we're gonna see how this one ends this one um, this one's been been ongoing for a couple days a lot of back and forth a lot of statements a lot of complaints and interviews Uh, so we're gonna see how this one ends hopefully in the near future hail hail the gang's all here scott pilgrim is returning to the screen but this time it's an animated form. Michael Sarah is reuniting with Sex Bob-omb for Netflix's upcoming anime, Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. And the cast from the 2010 film is coming with him. We are at Sex Bob-omb and we are here to watch Scott Pilgrim kick your teeth in! Thank you, Kim. I could not have said that any better myself. The new Netflix show will follow Edgar Wright's 2010 action rom-com, Scott Pil- Pilgrim vs. the World, which was based on the graphic novel series by Brian Lee O'Malley. The eight-episode series is going to be helmed by the animation studio Science Saru and follows this cult favorite story of the bass-playing title character Scott Pilgrim and his battle of the bands and the exes. Animated characters of Scott Pilgrim takes off our voice almost entirely by the actors of the 2010 film. We've got... Michael Sarah, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kieran Culkin, Chris Evans, 
Jason uh, Schwartzman, Brie Larson, uh, Aubrey Plaza's back, Mae Whitman, and Anna Kendrick is coming back too. Back in March, Edgar Wright said, luckily, the Scott Pilgrim cast became a pretty close-knit family and friendships were forged for life. There's still a group email with the entire cast on it. That's been going on since 2010. I was happy to be able to reach out to everyone with the news. We had finally come up with a way to continue the adventure. Seeing and hearing everyone come back to the roles has been a true pleasure, unquote. The show is set to premiere November 17th on Netflix, and I have it set on my calendar. But also, a quick public service reminder. It's actually a really good garlic bread. Garlic bread is my favorite food. I could honestly eat it for every meal, or just eat it all the time without even stopping. (laughs) You get fat. No, why would I get fat? Bread makes you fat. Bread makes you fat? The truth really hurts, doesn't it? And I did not need to be called out like that, Scott. Thank you. So it's like the old saying goes, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me a subsequent six times, also shame on me. But if you fool me an eighth and final time, well then, frankly, you're just bang out of order and it's really time we did something about it. This, I assume, was like the guiding mantra behind the Xbox enforcement strike system, which was just announced as a policy Microsoft's going to use to to make the company's punishment mechanism a little clearer for players on the receiving end of it. Clear as mud, Microsoft. Great job. The new system's actually already in place, so surprise! And Microsoft likens the way it works to a demerit strike that is used in the driver's license system in many countries. In essence, it's an eight strikes and you're out system, with each new strike tier netting you a longer suspension until the eighth offense. We'll see Microsoft booting you out of services like messaging parties and party chat, multiplayer and others for a full year. There's even a handy enforcement history tracker so you can see how many strikes you've chalked up at any time. Yay! But some offenses are greater than others. So particularly instances of bad behavior are going to net you multiple strikes at once. Profanity and cheating, for instance, is only going to cost you one strike and a consequent one-day suspension. While hate speech is going to instantly hit you with three strikes and a three-day suspension, which honestly seems kind of low given the nature of the offense. But, eh, my opinion. Your strikes all hang around for six months before they expire and can naturally be appealed. So you don't have to endure a strike on your record for the rest of your life just because you dropped an F-bomb in that one round of Halo Infinite. And you know the one I'm talking about. All right, I warn you. Sayonara, biatch! Oh, come on, what the Yeah, I remember that one. All right, now the system may be called the Xbox Enforcement System, but it's going to apply to PC players too. Your strikes all count against your Microsoft account. You know, the one that you probably use to sign into your Windows PC and will impact your ability to use features tied to games that make use of Microsoft and Xbox services. But on the bright side, Microsoft says even suspended accounts remain functional for single player experiences and players don't lose access to purchase content. So all of your no doubt numerous purchases on the Microsoft store are safe 
but the corporation is going to remind you that for the most serious violations, including illegal activities, Xbox retains the ability to permanently suspend all functionality of an account, and that includes access to purchases. So, you know, don't do anything literally illegal with your gaming devices if you need to be reminded. But hey, you're probably going to be fine. In the post announcing the new system, Microsoft said that fewer than 1% of all players received a temporary suspension and only one-third of those received a second, and that was in 2022, and that its own data is suggesting most people are scared straight after the single enforcement. Plus, the new system isn't changing how Xbox moderates itself, so only players under threat with this new system are the same ones who are at risk under the old one so as long as you're not unbearable online it doesn't sound like you have anything to worry about well for now for now for now i just said that but that was prettier i talked in my last episode about a growing trend of thefts specifically regarding trading cards. And it's happened again in the great state of Alabama. I did double check to make sure it wasn't a relative of mine because there was a concern. In Calhoun County, Alabama, A corrections officer just got arrested and fired for allegedly stealing Pokemon cards from Walmart while still in uniform for crying out loud. As reported by Alabama's online news outlet, Advance Local, the theft occurred at a Walmart in Oxford last Saturday night. Calhoun County Sheriff Matthew Wade said the store's loss prevention employees saw Officer Josh Hardy open multiple packs of Pokemon cards, stuff them in his pockets, and attempt to walk out of the store without paying for them. And when the employees confronted Hardy, he fled the scene on foot. While the staff reported the incident to Oxford police, and officers searched for Hardy until they found him at a local restaurant. Knowing Alabama, it was probably the Waffle House. I'm almost positive. They charged him with theft and placed him in the Oxford County Jail. In a statement made to the public, Sheriff Wade said, It is with great embarrassment that we have to report this incident, and Hardy has been terminated from the Calhoun County Sheriff's Office. He has tarnished our agency and the image of all law enforcement. As Sheriff, I promised to be transparent and hold my staff accountable to standards higher than average citizens. Dude, I hope those cards were worth it, Probably not $250,000 worth it. Y'all are seriously disappointing Pikachu now. And now, for something different. One is the loneliest number and the most expensive. A London restaurant has sparked a very fierce backlash after it introduced a minimum spend that's going to see solo diners paying double for their meals. 
Alex Dilling at Hotel Cafe Royale, which boasts two Michelin stars, will be increasing the prices of its tasting menu by 11% in the month of August, bringing the five-course option they offer up to 165 pounds and the seven-course choice up to 195. The increase in the cost has been blamed on supplier costs and rising staff shortages in London that's been caused by Brexit. But the luxury dining establishment provoked this backlash when it revealed that those dining alone would also have to adhere to a crippling minimum price rule that could see solo visitors charged a minimum of 330 pounds for a meal. I personally don't see how that's going to do anything except discourage the solo diners, but you know, maybe that's the point. There's no sunshine, only darkness. Pretty dark there, Lumily, but you know, maybe it's accurate. This initiative has sparked pretty big outrage on Twitter. Commenters were really quick to point out the joys of dining alone and how solo diners are often stigmatized. One person tweeted, F the Hotel Cafe Royale then. Solo dining is one of life's great pleasures. Another one added, Oh, great news, yet another penalty for being single. Hugh Smithson Wright, who works in restaurant PR, tweeted, a classic example of making the customer the problem rather than finding the solution. If you get many solo diner requests, how about you reconfigure your dining room to accommodate that and maximize revenue? This is the very opposite of hospitality. You're not welcome here. Yeah, to be honest, I don't feel welcomed. But I'm going to be curious on this one is to see if the restaurant's going to change course on this. But something tells me they're not going to change a thing. Well, except the prices. If your name is Peggy Jones and you live in Texas, you may be a very unlucky lady. Or maybe kind of are lucky. So Peggy was out innocently mowing her lawn last week. Wait, in this heat? It's getting hot. Okay, no, keep them on, keep them on. But anyway, so Peggy's out, she's mowing her lawn, and all of a sudden, a snake fell on her, seemingly out of the sky, and wrapped itself around her arm, and I now have a new fear unlocked. Yay! So she told the NBC affiliate uh, KPRC-TV, she said, quote, The snake was squeezing so hard, and I was waving my arms in the air, and then... This hawk was swooping down and clawing at my arm over and over, and I just kept saying, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. All right, now, pause a minute. Where did that hawk come from? Miss Jones went on to say that the hawk attempted at least four times to take the snake before eventually succeeding in his, in his mission, and it left blood everywhere. Her husband then ran out to see what was happening. She said, I was yelling and screaming. He didn't know what I was saying. I thought I was bit by the snake. Miss Jones said she then went to the hospital where she was treated for the cuts inflicted on her by the hawk and bruises from the snake wrapping itself around her arm. Now, despite not being bitten by the snake, she did have a pretty narrow escape. It was discovered the lenses on her glasses were broken and snake venom was on them. Snakes. 
Why did it have to be snakes? I'm feeling the same way about this one. Remarkably, she's actually previously survived a snake bite and added, I feel like the luckiest person alive to have survived this. Miss Jones has since been back mowing her lawn under the close supervision of her husband. Now that's a happy ending. Or is it? Because everything's over now. And all that's left is you and the infinite void. Kind of makes you want to play saxophone, huh? I think we can all agree that Death threats are bad. Uh, don't disappoint Pikachu again. Snow White may be in trouble. Anakin's returned and um, a family got blindsided. Oh, and snakes can fall from the sky. Yeah. Hey, we learned something, right? Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me today. I, I do want to remind you that I do include the links to all of my sources in the comments so you can see what I see and more. I also include special links on our Facebook page at The Starter Zone. Don't forget to drop a comment or send us an email or like on our Facebook page if there's a story that you want us to cover. Join us next time as we check out the latest of entertainment news. Remember guys, stay comfy in the starter zone. This is Amanda. Good luck and have fun. to the starter zone with amanda i am raven we thank you for your time and support without you we simply would not be please hit that like and subscribe button and visit us on facebook and twitter at the starter zone have we missed something have something to say leave us a comment or send us audio clips for your chance to be on the show. We invite you to come back for more exciting news and commentary on the world around you. See you next time in the Starter Zone.